In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network and sponsored by Anderson Hauser. Anderson Hauser is a global leader in measurement instrumentation services and solutions for industrial process engineering. They provide process solutions for flow measurement, level pressure, temperature analytics, and much more, optimizing processes and efficiency, safety, and environmental impact. They serve many industries across the globe, including a focus in oil and gas. Anderson Hauser, the people for process automation. Today I have on the show as my guest, Mr. Dave Levitt. Dave, thanks for coming on the show today. You bet. Thanks for having me. Well, one of the reasons people listen to this show is is they never know who's going to be on the show next and how we're going to relate it to HSE. I think today is going to be another one of those instances. And so I'm excited to talk to you about what we've got on our plate for today's podcast. So first of all, Dave Levitt, that's a good Jewish name, right? Well, I don't know how good it is, but I am Jewish. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, at least I got that part right. Now, Dave, you're the senior vice president, and we only get the top dogs on this show most of the time. So you're the senior vice president, worldwide sales, liquid frameworks, a service max company. So first of all, I guess, tell me who Liquid Frameworks is. The worldwide sales sounds kind of impressive. I want to talk about that. We are heard in over 100 countries. And then I guess what a service max company is. And let's just kind of take it from there. First of all, where are you right now as this recording is going on, Dave? So I'm in Houston. Liquid Frameworks has always been based in Houston, which Makes sense given our focus on the energy industry as Houston is, of course, we all know the energy mecca. Well, there you go. That's exactly right. Okay. So you cater to the oil and gas industry, but I'm a little liquid frameworks. What are we talking about there? So liquid frameworks is an application software company focused on field operations management for upstream, downstream, and emergency response energy service companies. So what that means is our application suite performs functions starting from quoting jobs to scheduling and executing jobs to invoicing for jobs, performing maintenance on equipment used for jobs, as well as collecting all the safety information associated with jobs. Now, see, I I would have never gotten that out of the name Liquid Frameworks. (laughs) Yeah, well, nevertheless, that's what we do. We've done it now for, founded as a company, software company in 2005. And since I joined nine and a half years ago, we've grown our revenues roughly 50 times. Wow. Well, that's impressive. So worldwide, so where are you everywhere? Worldwide. So our customers, the energy business, as we all know, is a global business. And our customers have end users scattered around the world. So I think we have customers right now 
that have users in more than 54 countries and all the places that you would expect supporting upstream, downstream oil and gas. But our home base is Houston. The headquarters for our customers is scattered, as you might also expect, between largely North America, which includes obviously Western Canada, the US, and we have customers in Europe accordingly, but the end users are everywhere. And I guess that would include the Middle East as well. It does. It does. And so ServiceMax, I think the person who actually introduced you to me told me that I guess your company had been acquired by ServiceMax. Yes, that's right. Effective this past November, ServiceMax, which is arguably the largest software company devoted specifically to field service management acquired us for our focus in oil and gas. So ServiceMax is what I would consider a horizontal field service management solution to support many industries. And we are a vertical solution supporting the energy business. So the way I compare it is that ServiceMax is a fantastic general practitioner, and we are a orthopedic surgeon. And orthopedic being oil and gas. That's right. That's right. So we're a vertical solution. Their horizontal solution supports many industries. They acquired us because of our expertise in oil and gas as an extension of the industries where they've had great success. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to get into, I want to explore what field service management is. I want you to talk to me about doing orthopedic surgery. (laughs) But first of all, your background, is it computer science related or are you a petroleum engineer? No, I'm none of those things. My undergraduate degree is from Syracuse University as a newspaper journalist. Oh, wow. And I was a sports writer. And upon graduation, I was offered a job at the New York Times covering sports. And when they told me how much it paid, I laughed. And I thought it was just for the summer. And they assured me that that was not the case. So I decided to go to graduate school instead for an MBA. And it was there that my advisor, who had been on the board of directors of IBM, had tried to convince me to, instead of considering sports management, where he thought I would need to marry the owner's daughter to have a good job, to get into technology that was really was booming. And this was in the early 80s. So I got into technology then. I was just going to ask you what time frame that was, because I'm a... Wow, I'm disillusioned here, Dave. (laughs) I would have thought being a sports writer for the New York Times was a dream job. It was, but unfortunately, the fact is that the intrinsic rewards that I was receiving by writing didn't match my expenses. (laughs) So (laughs) it just was not a perfect match. But that communication skill that was developed in terms of organizing my views most important, the least important, and clarity of vision has helped me over time. So I'm grateful for that experience at Syracuse. But from an economic standpoint, it was a non-starter that I quickly realized. So I shifted, and I was in Washington, D.C. in graduate school, and 
everything was happening in Texas. So I set up a bunch of interviews with technology companies, came down here for a week and loved it from the first day and never left and have been in the technology business ever since. And what's been so great about technology business is that you know, I could be a business person disguised as a salesperson and really focus on addressing customer challenges and turning those into value-added solutions and really become you know, multilingual of sorts, understand the customer's business, translate that into the language of my own software company's business in our language and play it back in the customer's language. That approach has served me well. And being here in Houston, I just naturally gravitated to companies that focused on the energy business. So I've been doing that now really for 40 years. Oh, wow. Well, then you've got some experience and probably you've got some stories to tell us, especially as it relates to HSE. Let's, as I said a while ago, jump into that. So what is this field service management? So as I described slightly earlier, the opportunity for our system is to drive a quote-to-cash solution to help our customers, which who are service providers, eliminate revenue leakage that comes from omitting items on field tickets and quotes or mispricing items because our customers are tend to be time and materials oriented versus fixed contract. And so if they don't collect the billable information, they can't bill for it. So we help ensure that they can charge for everything to which they're entitled to charge and not leave money dribbling by the side of the road and then collect it faster by being able to accelerate their days to invoice and their customers will pay when the invoice is correct, but not one minute before. So by helping them get the invoice right the first time helps accelerate the ultimately their day sales outstanding and receivables from their customers. And along the way, you know, the oil patch is, as it relates to HSE, the oil patch can be a dangerous place to work. Yes, it it's can. not an easy job. And companies in that industry recognize the critical nature of being safety centric. And so for our users, they are collecting JSA information and inspections and near miss reports, stop cards, whatever the information that is necessary as part of their daily job. It's just, it becomes factored into every role that these companies have and they need to have an eye on safety throughout the process. And what's interesting is that even in roles that you wouldn't think would need to be fo- the have an eye toward safety, need to. So it becomes embedded in the fabric of these companies, wherever you are in that company to have a sense for safety first. Our software helps them track that, monitor it, and take action. Well, you're exactly right. And that's one of the themes of this show is that this specifically is an HSE podcast, but it's not just for HSE, quote unquote, HSE professionals. This shows for everybody because everybody, whether you're the CEO or the drilling manager or you know in the office or on the rig, everybody should be concerned with HSE. 
I think it's kind of interesting. I can see you have a system that brings efficiency to the operation so that, like you said, things aren't missed that you can invoice for and that sort of thing. And so it brings an efficiency that actually uh, pays off or is profitable. And then you've taken the same approach to safety and said, here, we're going to put this system together so that we don't miss anything. And of course, you know, not having incidents is definitely, not only is it humanitarian, but it's also profitable as well. Absolutely. And can be a competitive advantage for companies that can prove to their customers and prospective customers that they do operate a safe environment and they are protecting everyone's interests along the way while they're performing their job. So it's great to perform their job quickly, but they want to perform it safely as well. And being able to prove that with real data can be advantageous to them as a company for both those reasons from a good company-centric behavior to turning that into a competitive weapon along the way. That's a good point. All right. So if you've been doing this for 40 years and you've got this jam up system now, you've seen a lot of changes in 40 years from, I guess, the clipboard to this system you have now, right? Absolutely. You know, and the energy industry historically has been incredibly innovative as it relates to technology associated with looking for and extracting oil and gas and transporting and refining, et cetera but has historically been not quite as embracing of commercial technology, but in the last 10 years or so has become much more so as they've been pressured to operate even leaner than ever before, do more with less, and the ongoing transition in the field, what's commonly referred to as the great crew change, as generationally The workforce continues to shift and people entering the workforce in the last decade have often a different expectation around everyday technology than maybe a decade earlier. So the combination of cost pressure and operational efficiency come together through the use of technologies like what we provide. Well, okay. So actually, you just stepped into my next question when you talk about this great crew change. And so maybe we are seeing a more acceptance of, you know, the digital transformation. I know, and I was in the service industry for a long time with a small drilling fluids company, you know, so I can tell you about the times when you showed up at the rig at, you know, four o'clock in the morning or whatever you did your mud check. And, you know, you've got this, what we call mud check sheet. So when we transitioned from the mud check sheet on a clipboard to, you know, carrying our laptop in, some of these, (laughs) the ironic part about that was one of our claims to fame was we had a motto that says we deliver mud, but we sell service. And our service advantage was we had 25 and 30 year veteran engineers. So we weren't sending greenhorns out to the rig. Those 25, 30 year veteran engineers 
there was a lot of resistance when you took the clipboard and pen away from them and handed them the laptop computer. So you mentioned, you know, your customers are service-oriented service industries. So it's neat to have this, all this capability and everything, but how user-friendly is it? If it needs training, then it's too difficult. You know, in order to get value from an application like ours, you need adoption. In order to get adoption, it needs to be fit for purpose and easy to use because it can't be more difficult to enter this data on a tablet or laptop or phone than it is to scribble it down on a sheet of paper. And that's the standard. And in order to fully enable the digital transformation, it's got to be so easy that people can't resist. And the good news is that the proliferation of consumer technology, such as Amazon and Facebook or YouTube, whatever it is, has reduced the resistance out in the field. What the end users who resist leveraging technology resist, not because they don't want to do it, it's they resist because they think it'll take them longer to work the technology than it does to put it on paper. And when you can show definitively that it won't take longer, I mean, I remember when I couldn't get my wife to use a microwave oven or a cell phone because she was a purist and she didn't want to use a microwave oven. But when I got her to try it a couple of times, guess what? You know, leftovers, here we are. (laughs) How did I ever live without this now? That's right. And the same happened with the phone, right? I couldn't get her to use one. Why do I need one? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if I tried to rip that phone away, you know, even after 37 years, she would divorce me in five minutes. So, (laughs) and it's because the technology became so easy that it's easier to do via technology than it is in some manual way. And that's what the users out in the field who are so focused on doing a pretty demanding job often don't want to be distracted by learning how to do things you know that are distracting from the job and so if you can deliver technology that is so easy that it just becomes natural for them as natural as calling home to say that they're going to be late then they will use it they will gravitate to it and they'll forget the paper ever existed but the challenge is for the provider of technology to demonstrate and prove that what you're delivering is that easy. And so liquid frameworks can meet that challenge, huh? Well, we feel like we can, and our users around the world tell us that we can. And so the benefits downstream from that person doing the mud check, for example, and from an HSE forms perspective, instead of going into a file cabinet to dig up some JSA, you know, it becomes online and available so that the HSE team can leverage all this information, make sense of it, and look at patterns and be as much into prevention and preemption as they can into reaction. But with a lot of paper, it just becomes an overwhelming task and Generally, overwhelming tasks don't get done well. Well, there you go, folks. That right there, hearing that, I think was worth the price of admission. 
Dave, we really thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, we're going to be sure to include your LinkedIn contact information and website in the show notes so anyone listening can contact you directly for more details. It's been an interesting discussion. As we sign off today, remind everybody that you can find in the show notes my LinkedIn contact info where you can message me. Please let me know what you're enjoying about the show and suggestions for content that you might like to hear. Also, if you're looking for a speaker at your conference or meeting, you can contact me about having someone from our OGGN Speakers Bureau, including Mark LaCour or myself. Please tune in again next week for another episode of Oil and Gas HSC, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. Like us on LinkedIn and use all your social networking to tell your friends about us. And we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.